Good morning, everybody. Let's stand up. Here we go. This great song called Today is the Day. The day that he's made. So we'll rejoice and we'll be glad. Gary's going to lead us. Here we go. Casting my cares aside. I'm leaving my past behind. I'm setting my heart and mind on
Good morning, everyone. We're going to introduce a new song to you this morning, and it just tells the story of our faith so beautifully. It's called King of Kings.
Heavenly Father, we praise you for who you are. We praise you for what you have done. We praise you for what you're going to do. We are unworthy of so many things that you have given to us, but we praise you. We thank you for letting us all come together. And we give this this worship to to you. We give this sermon to you. We give it all to you, God, in your name. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's so good to come into God's house and be reminded of what it's all about, man, right? Like, life just gets in the way sometimes, and when we come to church, it all just goes and just falls away, and God's in front of you, and you're like, oh, yeah, thank God for that moment. I think we had one of those moments in that song that was so powerful. I've been gone for a couple weeks. It's great to be back in church, and it just fills my soul to worship with you, family. It's good to be here. I'm Billy. I'm the worship pastor, and... uh, uh, glad you're here today. Uh, we do this thing uh, at our church called the meet and greet where we just say hi to somebody around us, tell them good morning, maybe tell them where we're from or how long we've been here if you're that extroverted. But be nice to introverts. We'll see you back in a second. Thanks. Awesome. Well, we want to extend a special welcome if you are a first time guest with us or if you've just been coming for a little while. Uh, hopefully, Hope Vale's a place where you're uh, meeting God and experiencing the things of God in your life. That's a really big deal. I feel like, um, you know, life can just get going so fast. And uh, uh, just to come up into the presence of the divine together is something God calls us to do. And all throughout scripture and moments in history, people gather and they are, they experience God's presence in a sort of a manifest way. doesn't mean we don't experience God's presence outside of this kind of gathering, but it's pretty powerful when we all experience it together. And it's another testimony of the, of the realness of the Spirit, I think, you know, to know that God's moving and God's powerful and all at the same time. So I digress. Just glad we could worship here, and hopefully that uh, you're experiencing a great time here in worship. Hey, we have a gift for you uh, if, at our welcome desk outside these doors in the center of the lobby if you'd like to snag that. And uh, if you are new with us, uh, it's a great way to kind of get to know us too. We've got some information about our church and a little Tumblr and some things. So uh, and if you would tear off the part of your program this morning and let us know uh, you're here and let us know some information about you. And uh, if there's any way we can reach out to you in any way, that's one way to do it. Another way is just come talk to somebody the old-fashioned way. Uh, so that, feel free to do that too. Hey, wanna, uh, we have one, one big announcement today. Uh, we're we're going to do a, a night of worship in a couple weeks. Ta-da! Yeah. It'll be great. Uh, last year, uh, it was packed last year. We, did, we thought maybe we'd have half a room, but it was like standing room only. It was awesome. It'd be great to have that kind of problem again if you'd like to come. So it's, uh, you see on the slide there, it's uh, Friday, October 18 at 7 o'clock. This is a great opportunity to... to um, uh, or maybe a good time in your life to invite a friend if they don't have a church home or if maybe they wouldn't come on a Sunday morning because maybe it makes them a little too nervous but they can come to a night of music and uh, maybe it softens the invite a little bit. So maybe be praying and thinking about who you might want to bring uh, to that. That'd be great. So uh, a lot of good Christian stuff going on in the area. Switchfoot tonight at uh, Temple Theater and uh, Mercy Me's coming up at the Dow, our night of worship. There's a lot to in the next few weeks uh, to, to be a part of. So we'd love for you to be here for that if you're able um, for a night of just refreshment and um, re- rejuvenation of your soul. We're just going to sit in God's presence for a little while. It'll be pretty awesome. So hope you can make it. Ushers, go ahead and come forward. That'd be great. This is the time in our service where uh, we uh, take an offering. as your opportunity to give. Uh, if you are new with us, feel free to just let the uh, 
the, the plate pass you by. Uh, but if you are inspired to give, feel free to do that too. We don't want to say your no for you, but we certainly want to um, protect your uh, first time visit if you're just new with us too. So, um, you know, uh, oftentimes after church, uh, people come up to me and uh, tell me, Billy, that song or that prayer or whatever, or something in service, or when somebody sang something that, that ministered to me in such, a, in such a powerful way. And I think... Uh, so much of what we do up here and what we rehearse for for a Sunday is done behind the scenes, and then we get in front of you and we just do it, we lead you in worship, but all these things you can see around you in this place, like we've got baffles in the ceiling that kind of acoustically help the, the sound experience, we've got lights that make it so you can just kind of zoom in and just be held in the palm of God's hand, and we've got this sound system that makes you feel inspired and invigorated, and, and we've got all these instruments and different things, and, and your offering goes to all of that. It goes to so much of that and so much more. So it's a just a reminder that um, the, those it goes for all these pieces around here. Uh, just as I'm reminded of this night of worship and our worship time today, but it go the, the end result are the stories and people's tears as they're coming up to me and saying, you have no idea how that song changed my life. I was in Riverside Diner a couple weeks ago. Somebody came up to me, and a song we're singing today, Is He Worthy? We're going to sing that in a little bit. And she, said, and she grabbed my hand. It was so sweet. And she grabbed my hand, and she started crying. And she said, you'll never know what that song meant to me and how, how God met me in that moment. And I was just like, and here I am sitting. i got a grilled cheese in front of me. I'm like, <laughs> I know. Me too. that stuff. That's what your giving goes toward. So uh, praise the Lord for that, you guys. Hey, uh, let's pray together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lord, um, we, we look forward to moments where uh, time just stands still. And we're reminded again that uh, there's a God that made us uh, for himself. And we're reminded that we're just this little blippet in this moment of time in 2019. We join this story of thousands of years where you have moved and you continue to move. And you make yourself, uh, you reveal yourself and you offer redemption to your people. The story of revealing yourself and redemption and revealing yourself and redemption is constant throughout your scriptures. And it's happening today. You, Lord, I think you've revealed yourself in a pretty powerful way today in worship and in, and in wor and, uh, spoken word. And uh, pray that... Um, we, we would respond in a way uh, where you hear thanks. And so, Lord, for this offering moment with what's going to be given, we pray that uh, it goes to more responses where people are just so moved by you and move closer to you and move, toward, move more toward you. So, Lord, we love you and um, help us to be a people uh, that uh, are just filled with you and filled with the love of you and that everybody else just sees it around us. Lord, take what's given, we ask for your kingdom's sake. In Jesus' name, amen. Walking in the spirit, there's much to be.
friends let's stand we sang this a few weeks ago uh, is he worthy so I'm going to ask some questions and you get the opportunity to answer in response and in this song uh, it says this lyric it says uh, is anyone worthy is anyone whole is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll this is the Riverside Diner grilled cheese moment I was talking about uh, this is the, a time in scripture in, in the book of Revelation that um, where the worthiness of Jesus is highlighted. And it's so overwhelming. Um, I can barely sing this song sometimes. Because just you, you get up close to the light and the, and the love of the glory of God. 
uh, and it's just beautiful uh, of, of how much he loves us and all that he's done. And, and when we know more about his story, we know more about the power of who, who he is and his worthiness. So uh, this, in, this, in these moments in Revelation, I just wanted to explain that because you'll hear that go by and maybe be like, I have no idea what that means. But we're singing about the worthiness of Jesus and how the worthiness and how his glory can just make everything okay. So let's worship together. Take us in, Ron. Every nation and time 
God, thank you for this time of worship today where we could just be in your presence and experience you. God, we ask your blessing on Pastor Dan as he prepares to come and deliver the word to us today. God, that it would be powerful and just made so real in our lives. So speak. We are open, God. We pray in Jesus' name. All of us say, amen. God bless you, everybody. Have a seat. Hey, good morning, Hope L. I'm Dan Davis, senior pastor here. Uh, so good to share this morning of worship with you. Good to welcome those of you joining us in Bay City as well. Great to have you along. Uh, happy October. I got to tell you, looking out here and seeing a few extra sweaters and fleeces kind of just hurts my heart a little bit, right? But sunny day, great day to be in church. Uh, this morning, We're going to continue our Life with a capital L message series, and to start things off, I want to begin with a question, and I'm just going to warn you up front that it's a pretty heavy question, okay? Seriously. So I want you to think about this. How would you answer this question? What do you think is the biggest problem plaguing our country right now? What do you think... It's the biggest problem plaguing our country right now. If you're following the national news these days, you might point to uh, the divide of partisan politics, right? And this intense climate of animosity and distrust. Or maybe you think it's gun violence and all these senseless mass shootings that keep on happening far too frequently. Maybe you think it's racism. A lot of stories about that, right? all the hate and injustice associated with that. Or maybe you're disturbed, maybe even been impacted by the opioid epidemic where tens of thousands die from overdosing every year and countless others fight the demons of addictions. Those are just a few things we could list. Maybe you came up with something else. Now, for me as a pastor, I'd obviously want to talk about our nation's spiritual condition, right? Our waywardness from the ways of God, about people's need for Jesus as Savior. I mean, if you don't address the heart, you don't address the soul, then a lot of that's just window dressing. But even beyond the spiritual, I think there's something else going on socially at the root of so many of the issues that I've mentioned And that is the problem of loneliness. Loneliness. Isolation, disconnection, separation, that increasingly we are becoming a lonely society. In the 1980s, 20% of Americans said they were, quote unquote, often lonely. Now that number is 40%. The number of Americans with no close friends has tripled since 1985. Likewise, the average number of people who feel like they can talk about important matters with someone else has fallen from three to two. 
And no demographic is immune. Loneliness among the elderly is well documented. And yet a 20,000-person survey from 2018 revealed that those ages 18 to 22 identified with loneliness at a significantly higher rate than those 72 and older. A couple years ago in the Harvard Business Review, the former Surgeon General of our nation, Vivek Murthy, went so far as to say this, take a look. He said, during my years of caring for patients, the most common pathology I saw was not heart disease or diabetes. It was loneliness. Loneliness. He actually went on to say that loneliness, he thought, was the leading killer of middle-aged men, that it causes an insidious type of stress, which takes a toll on our health. Then listen to this. Loneliness, Dr. Murthy said, has the same effect on our mortality as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Wow. But then just beyond the physical effects, the societal impact is staggering. You know, across the board, with this rampant epidemic of loneliness, we've seen rises in the rates of suicide, depression, addiction, and, and this is just me speaking observationally, there does appear to be some kind of connection, right, between loneliness, isolation, and mass gun violence. In our nation, and really right here in our own community, we have a serious loneliness problem. Maybe when you walked in the doors today, you're like, yeah, and I'm one of them. And yet in the face of all that despair, the good news is that there is hope. There is hope, and that hope is found in Jesus Christ and his church. Jesus Christ and his church, you, me, all of us together, that from him and through us there is hope for everyone. See, that's why this Life with a capital L series is so important. Because what we're doing here week by week and going through these messages, this is so much more than just playing church and feeling good. No, this is about us entering into life with a capital L by knowing Jesus as our Savior, about us experiencing as much of that life as we can by following him as our Lord, and it's also then about us expressing that life to those around us. So just as a reminder, here's the kind of life we've been talking about, right? From our theme verse in this series, John 10, verse 10, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Capital L, life, meaning, purpose, peace, fulfillment, to the fullest possible extent. This is what Jesus wants for everyone. Life, not death. Life, not just in here, but also out there. Listen, government programs, they can help those in need. Social agencies can improve desperate situations. And I'm thankful that we as a church have shared in partnership with groups like those. As a matter of fact, this is great, just this past week, a few of us from the church were at the annual banquet held by the Underground Railroad, a domestic violence shelter that does a lot of good and necessary work in our community. And as part of that banquet, Hopevale was recognized as their community volunteer partner for the year. You guys. 
for all the help that we've given them through some of our community groups, volunteers, and our can-do crew service group. Just this wonderful picture in my mind of Jesus' followers here getting beyond the four walls of our church and living in a 168 kind of way that gives life to people. But as wonderful as all these agencies are, for all the good they do, they cannot impart the only kind of capital L life that comes from Jesus. That's why he said, I am the way, the truth, and the L-I-F-E. No one can come to the Father. No one can have peace, lasting peace, with God apart from me, Jesus said. That's why this life model we've been talking about is so important for us to grasp, right? This life model of these three concentric circles, life with Jesus, life with people, life with purpose. That Jesus came, died, and rose again so that we could not only enter into this life, but then experience that life to its fullest. Life with Jesus, life with people, life with purpose. So as we live out our days, we begin at the core, right? And this is what we covered in the previous two weeks. If you've been with us, we start with life with Jesus, right? And there were two statements that we talked about what it looks like when we are experiencing this life with Jesus, that we're called to glorify Jesus in everything and we're called to grow as Jesus' followers, right? Glorify Jesus in everything, grow as Jesus' followers. So when we talk about glorifying Jesus in everything, this is where this 168 concept comes in, right? That we live these lives that are not compartmentalized with our faith, but comprehensive. Lives where our life and our love from Jesus impact and spill over to every hour of your week, every area of your life. That motivated by grace and gratitude, we no longer live for ourselves as the center of our own lives, but now we live for the crucified, risen, and exalted Jesus every hour of our week, all 168 of them, right, in every area of our lives. And last week, we looked at what it means to grow as a Jesus follower, or in the words of Jesus himself, to grow as a disciple, right? What's a disciple? A disciple, we saw, is an enthusiastic follower, right? It grips our heart. A disciple is a committed learner, right? Hungry to know what God has for our lives. And a disciple is a devoted imitator, right? That the ultimate goal is that day by day, as time goes on, we are becoming more and more like our Savior, in our everyday lives, right? Now understanding that our spiritual growth is ultimately empowered by God in the person of the Holy Spirit within us, still there's a role we play, right? A role we play of both learning and obeying, right? Learning what I know, right? Am I growing in that and obeying? What am I doing with what I know? So we cooperate with God's transforming work within us. That's why I left you with these two questions. And not just for the week, but really, we constantly need to be asking ourselves, you know, what are you learning these days? And how are you obeying these days? Great conversations to have with each other. What are you learning this day? What did you hear on Sunday? Or what was that song? And how did that impact you, right? About yourself, what are you learning about yourself? What are you learning about Jesus? What are you learning about enduring trials? What are you learning about being patient with others? What are you learning about being persistent in prayer? On and on it goes. What are you learning and how are you, what are you actually putting into practice, right? Because guess what? Growing as a Jesus follower never stops this side of heaven. 
There's always going to be more wisdom for us to gain, more struggles for us to surrender, more maturity for us to achieve, and more life for us to experience. So you start with life with Jesus at the core, right? That's where you are. This is the primary relationship in our lives now that we protect, that we prioritize. That's why you're here, right? Prioritize that relationship. And it's one that we passionately pursue. Not half-time, wholehearted. So you start at the core, but from there, it works its way out right, to life with people because we were never meant to go through life alone. Life with Jesus empowers our life with people, and guess what? It transforms our relationships. Our relationships in the home, our relationships in the church, our relationships in the workplace, our relationships in the world transformational. And so this is what we're going to look at these next couple of weeks. Life with people, flowing out of our life with Jesus. What should our life with people look like for us as Jesus followers? And how can we as a church help you with that? Now, when we talk about our life with people, I think it's really important for us to go all the way back to the beginning, right? Just like we did in the opening week of this series, And I want you to think for a moment both about the nature of God and the nature of us as people. The nature of God and the nature of us as people. Why? Because I think when you understand that, it helps us understand why loneliness is so devastating, so soul-crushing, and it also helps us understand God's solution to that problem of life with Jesus and why it can be so transformational. So here's what you need to know about who you are and how God has wired you, right? That from the very first chapter of the Bible, in Genesis chapter one, after the first five days of creation, where where God brings everything we see around us into existence, right? We then read this in verse 26, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness. I can not tell you how profound, how life-giving these few words really are. Because first of all, you need to know that as a person, you are created in God's image. That you have inherent God-given worth as a person just because you are you. So don't let anyone tell you that you are trash. Don't let anyone treat you that way. Because you're not. You are precious in the sight of God because the king of this universe, the powerful, loving king who rules over everything, created you in his image, right? So don't believe the lies from Satan. Don't believe the hate from the haters around you. And don't believe the own negativity in your own mind that you are somehow anything less than that because you're not. Now that right there should be enough wind in our sails to keep us going through life. But there's something else I want you to notice here because the language is kind of unusual. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. And it sounds kind of weird because God is using we language, not me language. He's talking in the plural not the singular. Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. 
But then you realize, as you read through the rest of the Bible, as you follow the teachings of the Christian church for the last 2,000 years, that the language right here is a glimpse into the mystery of what we know as the Trinity. The Trinity, that God is one in essence, yet three in persons. The nature of who God is, one in essence, yet three in persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Now, we're not even going to begin to get into the intricacies, right, of the doctrine of the Trinity this morning to solve in five minutes what has been wrestled with for generations. But if you're willing to accept that God in his very nature, right, exists as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, then the implications are profound. See, here's the bottom line. Because we are created in God's image, we are built for relationships. Why? Since God himself is relationships. God himself in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is relationships. You, you're created in God's image. You are built for relationships. You are built for connection with other people, right? I mean, not to blow your mind, but even before time began, The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit already existed in perfect friendship, in perfect fellowship, in perfect love. They delighted in each other's company for all eternity past and eternity and infinity. These are concepts that just blow our mind, right? But they loved each other, and they loved being with each other. I mean, so picture the best time you've ever had, right, with family, with friends, filled with joy and laughter and warmth and acceptance. All that's there in the Trinity. And so when God says, or should I say they said, they created us, this same relational longing is hardwired into every one of us. That's why God looked at Adam after creation and said, it is not good for man to be alone. Adam, way back when, us here today, it is not good for us for you to be alone because we are created in God's image, right? We are built for relationships since God himself is relationships. So yes, we need Jesus, right? Life starts with him and that relationship, but we also need other people. We do, why? Because it is not good for us to be alone. You know, when Jesus walked this earth, he went hard after human relationships. Yes, he was centered in his relationship with his heavenly father, but he went hard after human relationships too, both in what he taught and what he modeled, right? Jesus was part of a caring family. Jesus loved his mother all the way to the end very deeply. Jesus also had close friends that he enjoyed being with, and at times he was rather vulnerable with them and let them in to his emotions. And then in his teaching, when he asked what the greatest commandment was, For us to observe, he linked the vertical with the horizontal, the spiritual with the human. What did he say? He said, love God with everything you've got and love people the same way. Love God with everything you've got and love people the same way. That is obedience at its best. And you know what? When Jesus was saying that, he was also deliberately exposing the hollow religion of that day. People who kept all the written rules but ignored all the human needs around them. No, in Jesus' mind, he said, you can't genuinely say you love God if you're not loving people. Those two have to go together. 
So back to the life diagram, back to this diagram of doing life with Jesus and life with people, right? Because you and I are built for relationships, because loneliness is so toxic to our very nature, I think it's good that we spend the rest of our time together getting even more specific about this middle ring for us about life with people, right? So this week, I want to talk about the first of two things we need to do here, right? And that is to connect with other Christians, to connect with other Christians, that if you and I are going to experience and express even more of this capital L life that Jesus has for us, then we need to forge genuine relational connections with fellow Christians. Genuine relational connections forged with other Christians. This is at the heart of the very concept of what Jesus called the new commandment for his disciples as the foundation of the church, right? So in John 13, 34 and 35, it's a passage that's very dear to us here at Hope Bell. Jesus commands all his followers, both then and now, this is what he says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That love for each other is the governing rule in the church of Jesus Christ in this new covenant community that he established, where Jesus' love for us fuels our love for each other and where our love for each other is proof of our love for Jesus. Can I say that again? Uh, uh, The love of Jesus fuels our love for each other, but then our love for each other is proof of our love for him. That's why why you keep on hearing me bang this drum over and over again, right? That church isn't so much a place to attend, it's a people to belong to. It's not about the building, it's about the relationships. See, whether you know it or not, and whether you like it or not, for those of us who claim to know Jesus as our Savior, we are spiritually bound together as part of God's family. You claim to know Christ as Savior, you are spiritually bound with others in the room right now in the big C universal church of Jesus Christ. We are. You know, one of the most beautiful descriptions in Scripture of our salvation in Jesus Christ is that of adoption. Just think about this. That because of Jesus, God takes the lonely, the desperate, the excluded, the outcasts, the misfits who feel like they don't have a home anywhere, and he brings them into his family as his sons and daughters He breaks the isolation. He blows up the loneliness. And he says, you belong. You belong. You're part of my family with all the affirmation, security, and significance that is packed into that statement. Church people, it is so much more than just a place to attend. It's a people to belong to. And so as part of God's family in the big C church of Jesus Christ, here's our challenge in the small C local church called Hopewell. We need to make visible the invisible connections that we already share in Jesus. We need to make visible the invisible connections we already share in Jesus. The invisible connections are already there in a spiritual way that we can't fully see or grasp or touch or taste or smell or see, but they're there brought into God's family, woven into his body. The connections are there. So our challenge is to make visible the invisible, right? 
Or to put it another way, we need to make practical in the relational realm what is already actual in the spiritual realm. Does that make sense? And so we're given so much instruction in Scripture of how that happens. One of my favorite passages about relational life in the church and how you make that practical is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, verse 25 says this. Let us consider how we, right, how we in the church may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Encouragement. I mean, who doesn't regularly need a dose of encouragement, right? See, church is at its best when we encourage one another with our life in Jesus. When the life of Jesus within us is flowing between us, that's when a church comes alive. When we can bring out the best in each other by spurring one another on to love and good deeds to become our better selves and how we live life. But that only happens when, when we are meeting together, we can't give up on doing that. When we're spending time together, when we're sharing life together in a way that goes well beyond the Sunday morning gathering, this is how we make visible the invisible connections that already exist, that we already share in Jesus as part of God's family. That's why it is so important that we connect with other Christians, right? So let's get practical about this, right? How exactly do relational connections happen here at Hopevale, especially with a church our size, right? Where sometimes you can walk in on a Sunday and just feel lost in the crowd. Well, on occasion, I'm going to say this, it can happen in an unplanned, unspontaneous kind of way. I've seen people here make meaningful relational connections with each other just because they happen to sit next to each other on a particular Sunday, right? They get to talking, they find out they share something in common, and they pursue building a friendship outside of Sundays, and that is great. God moments like that do happen, but to be honest, they're rare. They're the exception, not the rule, and so if I was advising someone who wanted to feel more connected here at Hopevale, I would tell them, look for those moments, right? Because God can do anything. Look for those moments, but also put in the work. Put in the work. What do I mean by put in the work? Well, that's where our ministry programs, our ministry environments, and our ministry experiences come in. Specifically, I want to take some time here to talk about our group life ministry here at Hopevale. And I want to do that a bit because when we talk about group life at Hopevale, it does represent a change for us. A change, but not so much a change in what we're doing with, with groups, like something's broken, but rather it's a change in how we're organizing our group, right? So that we can get even better at making practical in the relational what is already actual in the spiritual, right? That we can help create these life-giving, loneliness-crushing connections that we already share in Jesus. So here's what I mean when I talk about group life at Hopevale. That beyond our collective Sunday worship, we want to provide opportunities for you to make and deepen relational connections with others here at Hopevale in a way that works best for you. Make and deepen relational connections with others here at Hopevale in a way that works best for you. And I say it like that because we're all unique, right? We've got different personalities, different backgrounds, different ages and stages of life. So an opportunity that might be appealing to you might be threatening or intimidating to someone else. And so our group life here at Hopevale is designed around all these different ways we might best connect with others in the church. 
So here at Opal, we have five kinds of groups, five different kinds of groups. We have community groups, interest groups, serving groups, study groups, and support groups. Community groups, interest groups, serving groups, study groups, support groups. And so let's go ahead and take a look at those in a little more detail. Let me explain what they are, and we'll, uh, you'll get a sense of where you might fit. First, community groups. Right? Community groups emphasize us building connections and meaningful relationships with others in the church. How does that happen? Well, it happens by meeting regularly to discuss the Bible together, which often centers around the Sunday message. It happens by uh, caring for each other, praying for each other, sharing life together, caring communities, right, that are part of this larger community of grace and truth called Hopewell. Right now, we have 42 different groups Community groups that meet different nights of the week in Saginaw, Saginaw Township, Bay City, Midland, Frankenmuth, Bertrand, Hemlock, Freeland, Thomas Township, right? So, for instance, here's the Croft Community Group that meets in Bay City. And then um, here's the Hales Community Group, right? Meets in Saginaw. And just a couple of the many we have. Those are community groups. Then we have interest groups, right? Interest groups bring people together in our church around a common activity, a common passion, common hobby, common interest. They may meet on a regular rotation like a community group, or they just may meet for a season that leads up to a shared experience. Because you may not know this, like, for instance, we have a hiking group that gets together, right? Goes on planned excursions. There's a group here that went on a recent trip. And you know what's cool about this group? Is that there are some who are part of this group that tried to find connection in other ways at Hopevale and just couldn't, and this was really the key that unlocked the door. Now, I know some of you are thinking, hiking, really? Is there a hotel group? And maybe there will be one day, right? <laughs> maybe there will be. <laughs> the hiking group and the Hyatt group, right? Yeah, so I don't know. We also have serving groups, you know, and that name is pretty self-explanatory. That emphasizes bringing people together. Right? So they can meet the needs of others, both within and outside the four walls of this church, right? accomplishing tasks. I mentioned the Can Do crew earlier, but this is a serving group ministry here at Hopewell of men and women that has just exploded over these last few years. People who are very handy with, with their hands, very skilled in trades, painting, you know, fixing things, building things. They've done projects to help people in need in our own church, in our community. And what's been great has been to see the partnerships that have formed. So our Can Do crew works with area organizations like Mustard Seed, like Rescue Ministries of Mid-Michigan, like the Underground Railroad, like I talked about, and a ministry called Kingdom Builders on the east side, right? And the bonding comes by serving side by side. Then we have study groups, right? And study groups, that name is self-explanatory as well. The emphasis is growing as Jesus followers by learning and obeying together as a group works through specific scripture, specific curriculum, specific topic. I talked about that last week, right? So examples like our foundations group, which covers the basics of the Bible and Christianity for those of us who don't feel like we know it a lot. And we also have these men's and women's study groups that meet Wednesday night on our Saginaw campus. That's part of a bigger ministry called Bible Study Fellowship. And then we have support groups. And support groups are groups that, where people connect together. They have some sort of common bond through some unique or traumatic life experience or circumstance. And why do they meet? They meet to find encouragement, 
to find hope, to find healing as they're working through a specific challenge, a specific season or specific circumstance in their life. Now this is newer territory for us, but I'm excited about what God has in store here because this is a key loneliness buster, right? And for people dealing with pain and shame and feeling misunderstood where God's grace can shine light into the hurts and give them hope. So for instance, we have a wonderful grief share group that meets weekly for those dealing with loss. We've got a newly formed veterans support group that meets monthly. We even have a men's support group for freedom from the struggles with pornography. Something you don't hear talked about in the church, but a very real thing, right? Again, these are life-giving opportunities for the hope of Jesus to flow among us. Boy, that's a flyover of our group life here at Hope Vale, where we try to make this big church feel smaller and warmer. It's the way that we can make visible and tangible and practical the relational life-giving connections that are already there in Jesus. So how can you find out more information? How can you get involved? Well, let me talk about three things, right? You can go to our website anytime. You can go to the Welcome Center any Sunday, or you can go to the church lobby today. You go to our website under the adult tab. There's an explanation of the five groups, five types of groups, and then there's a find a group link, which gives you great detail about the kind of groups they are, uh, where they meet, and when they meet, right? Night of the week, things like that. Welcome Center anytime. We've got a great staff there who would love to help you out. And the church lobby today, both in Bay City and in Saginaw, will have staff tables after the service for you to just explore, find out more. We've got some really helpful handouts as well that give you some detail if you just want some reading material to think about and pray about. But again, um, just a step right, to try to, found out, to find out more. Or you can talk, of course, to any one of us on staff or someone you came with who's already involved, because we'd love to help you find a place. So as I begin to wrap up, though, I don't want to leave it at information, but I want to give you a challenge. A challenge to not listen to what I'm saying, not just listen, but to actually do something about it, right? Because I truly believe that it's Jesus. It's Jesus working through us as his church. That he ultimately is the loneliness cure to what's not only plaguing our country, but also our community right here in the Great Lakes Bay region. And you know, the way we get after it, sure, it's involvement with ministries and programs and all that, but the way we get after it is one life at a time and one step at a time. So as I close, I want to give two challenges to different groups of people here, two groups of people. So here's the first, that for those of you who might fall under the newcomer or outsider category, I want to encourage you to make the time and take the risk. Make the time for groups and take the risk. Meaningful human connection, deep friendships in Jesus, those don't happen by accident. They don't. I mean, I don't mean to be mean, but I think about conversations I've had with people over the years who come to me, and they're here at Hopewell, and they tell me they don't feel connected. And I get that, right? We're big, this place can be really intimidating. But depending on how bold I'm feeling that day, sometimes I just go back and I say, well, what have you done about it, right? Well, my life is so busy. um, Nothing works with my schedule, or I tried a group once and it didn't work for me, right? 
And you know what? All those can be really valid excuse, reasons, but sometimes they're lame excuses, right? I mean, I'm going to be right up front with you. You're not going to click with every group here. You're not, especially right away, and that's okay, but don't give up. That's my encouragement to you. Don't give up because somewhere there is a place for you. Somewhere there is a life-giving person for you. Somewhere there is a difference-making group for you that Jesus wants to use as a channel of blessing in your life. I really believe that. But here's the catch. You've got to show up. To get that blessing, you've got to show up. You've got to be there with them. You've got to invest time with them more than just once for Jesus to give you that blessing. So make the time, not excuses. Take the risk. God, some of this can be hard. Put yourself out there. Try something new. Because, you know, to be honest, this just might be the missing piece, the, the catalyst that you're looking for in your life. But then for the rest of us, us long timers and insiders, here's what I would tell you. Extend the invite and expand the circle. Extend the invite and expand the circle. A lot of you here are already plugged in, right? You're already part of a group or two or three, and that is tremendous. And everything I'm sharing this morning about the power and encouragement of connecting with other Christians, you're nodding furiously on the inside. You're going, yes, because that's been your experience. You know that life with people has helped you grow as a Jesus follower. You understand that having meaningful human connection isn't optional in the Christian life. It is essential in the Christian life. So take that blessing and pay it forward. Pay it forward by extending an invite to a newcomer, to an outsider, and expand the circle of life-giving community in Jesus. I mean, wouldn't it be great if those of us here who are already part of Hope Hell just opened our eyes this week, right? Softened our hearts to someone that God brings to mind. Someone we've met at church recently or someone that we haven't seen around for a while. We go up to them, reach out and say, you know, I'm part of this really great life group at Hope Valley, and why don't you come along and join us? You know how meaningful that is to people? And that the light of this kind of welcome and inclusion would overcome the darkness of loneliness, of isolation. It is not good for you, for me, for any of us, to be alone. So let us together as a church forge these deep, meaningful connections with each other. Because life with Jesus means life with people. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, It is humbling, it is incredible to think about being created in your image and all the worth and inherent value that is and how you've made us for relationships. But there's something about the speed of life, there's something about the difficulty of friendships that can sometimes make us feel really alone. Some of us have gone through um, seasons of loss or grief or change or um, a relationship breaking up or dissolving or just going sideways. And it, it hurts. It's hard. But God, thank you that you've given us the church. You've given us each other with Jesus as our head 
this life-giving, life-flowing connection that's already there. We just have to live it out, make it visible, and make it practical. Because we want to be the kind of church, Jesus, that doesn't give up on meeting with each other, but it's encouraging one another. And sometimes we're on the giving end of that, sometimes we're on the receiving end of that. For the outsider, for the newcomer, encourage them, Lord, to make the time to take the risk. And for those of us who are part of the fabric of this community of grace and truth, open our eyes. Let us extend the invite to expand the circle. Because, God, the hope of the world is you, Jesus. And the hope of the world is the church. Because, Jesus, you are working in and through us. So let us love each other as you have loved us. And that that love spill over. That indeed, the circle would be expanded. That loneliness would be broken. And that hope and life would overflow among us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As we close, we're going to sing a song that's kind of becoming a theme song for this series. It's called Build My Life. Jesus, we're going to build our lives upon the core of your love for us. So let's stand together and celebrate.
Oh, to be led by the love of Jesus to those around us. And maybe it's literally those around us today. Hey, would you do this for me? Just turn to someone by you and, and say, I'm glad you're here today. Would you do that? Next week, we are going to continue to talk about our life with people and God's sending us beyond the four walls of this church. But as you go, may you build your life upon the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. God bless you.